Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Our special guest today is Michael De La Matha. Michael is an Agile coach in San Francisco. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, uh, you're welcome. It's it's really just nice to see you. Nice that we get to hang out with each other for a little while. I'm I'm grateful that you can be here with me. What else could you add on to that introduction? What else What else can pe- could people know about you? Oh, so I've been an agile coach for ten years. I'm independent. First, I started off in Boston, and now I'm in San Francisco, and I've worked with everything from eighty person startups to thirty thousand person Fortune five hundred companies. That's so cool. Has it really been ten years? It has been 10 years, and I think it might actually be more because I was an independent Agile coach for 10 years, but you and I met 2007, 2006, thereabouts. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And you were doing it back then as well? Yes, I was doing that back then as a full-time employee, a director of software development. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I was was thinking about, I don't know, the... I think it was the first time I met you. You were doing, uh, you were doing a, like we colloquially we say a talk, but it wasn't a talk. It was like a, an interactive, fun, agile games learning experience. And I, I didn't know you, but you were like at that moment in time. I was I was like coming up to speed on agile. You were like the man. You were on stage, you know, so to speak, on stage. There wasn't a stage, but you were in the front of the room, and you were you were guiding us through all these amazing learning activities it it was my first true experience with playful learning activities and it it really blew me away and it really really inspired me and i was so glad that we got to work together after that oh phenomenal i'm glad to hear it had that impact on you so um this is the podcast about teams high performance teams best teams of our lives what is the best team that you were ever a member of, best team that you were part of in your life? And this is like any, any kind of team, work team, a non-work team, you know, a musical group, anything. What's the, what's the best group of people that you've ever been a part of in your life? Yeah, so the best team I've ever been a part of in life was a debate team that I was on when I was in high school. Okay. And we went from being... Know, relatively unknown to being you know one of the top 10 in the country after a couple of years okay relatively unknown to top 10 in the country that is really cool so that that's sort of like um that's a quantitative measure that this was a great team they were one of the top 10 in the country any other any other quantitative measures or qualitative ideas the sensation of being part of that team yeah so quantitatively you know beta is is organized in the form of tournaments. And there might be, say, six debates in a tournament. And then you go to quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. And we won a lot of tournaments, um, California type of tournaments, so very large state type of tournaments. And um, then one of the things sort of personally or qualitatively is that I think that many people think of great teams as being sort of very positive and upbeat and everyone is being very kind and compassionate all of the time. And this team was definitely not like that. So this team, there was a competitive aspect towards it where people were 
really calling on each other and saying, you know, this doesn't work and we need to get better at, at this. So there was some degree of spiciness and friction in the climb to the top. All right. Spiciness and friction in the climb to the top. So you're, you're right. Sometimes people, I've written about this a couple of times. I love talking about this with, with people. Sometimes people think that a best team, it's all positive. Even I talk about positive bias and, and people think like it's, it's always positive. There's never anything negative, but we've got an example here of where, where you're telling each other what's, what's wrong. And, and how did that go? What, can you remember that far back? What was an example of, of somebody being you know, spicy, saying something was wrong and we want to be better at it? Oh, so an extreme example of it was switching teammates. So this is Oxford debate. So inside of the big team, the high school team, there are two person debate teams. And so who you work with as a partner really matters a lot. And so if someone, say, decides to take off the summer, like one of my debate partners did, my original debate partner, um, then switching is an option. And that's not a great conversation to have worked with someone you know, fairly closely for a year or two, then they decide to take the summer off. And what typically happens during the summer is the topic for the entire year is known. And so the summer is the time to sort of accelerate and start doing research and getting prepared for the next year's debate season. And so if someone takes the summer off, that's losing three months of time. Okay. And so there was an enormous amount of friction and disappointment in switching teams. I'm, I'm curious, were you, uh, were you on the side of took the summer off or did not take the summer off? Did not take the summer off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you had this experience of finding a new partner? Yes, I had the experience of finding a new partner and telling my original partner, what is it that you want to do? And saying, well, I need to make... Uh, decision here about what I want to do. And it just so happened that the top debate team at that time, the two-person debate team, was splitting up because the senior member of the team was graduating and going to college. And so the remaining member was looking for a partner, and so I became his partner. Wow. All right. So it worked out for the two of you. <laughs> um, when you, when you go back to that, uh, when we're talking about debate team, are we talking about the bigger team or one of these two-person pairs? So we're talking about the bigger team. Um, and, and so the bigger team, if you, if you took yourself back to it mentally, if we, if we went back in time, and um, you know, you, you've heard me say this before, like as, as a guided meditation almost, if we closed our eyes and took ourselves back there to Michael DeLamatha in high school and the debate team, and you got to re-experience having that group of people around you and, and doing all of the activities related to that team. What's one word that you would use? What is the one word that you could use to summarize the sensation of being with that team, that group of people doing that activity? Discipline. Discipline. And what does discipline mean here? Um, so discipline means practicing a lot, you know, for hours every week. Um, it means coming to a debate tournament prepared. Um, there was a lot of travel. And so a standard thing that a 15-year-old or a 17-year-old does when they're traveling and they're away from their parents is to stay up all night. <laughs> and so that guarantees a bad tournament. And so I learned a rule very early on 
which is don't turn on the TV. And so not turning on the TV really served me well as a traveling coach as well, because turning on the TV is one of the worst things I can do when I'm on a client site. And so that takes discipline. Um, Practicing every week takes discipline because homework would seem to take a priority, but then it needs to get done. And then there needs to be time left over for debate. Yeah. All right. Discipline. And okay, so one of these one of these behaviors of discipline is not turning on the TV. What what are some other concrete behaviors that went into this debate team's success? Yeah, so one is doing the work when the feedback is unclear. So a simple example of that is we lose a debate and then we analyze why we lost it and particularly what arguments did we lose? What piece of data did we not have? And it's so easy in that moment to say, it's extremely unlikely that we're going to encounter this situation ever again, which is actually true. There might be dozens and dozens of variants, and it's extremely unlikely that we'll encounter that part. So why not just mail it in and not do that work? And so that's another example of discipline. Okay. It, it, it sounds like you got your foundation in in Agile back when you were in high school, almost. Well, in retrospect, I think that's accurate. Um, I didn't know that at that time, obviously, that these things would help with, say, retrospectives, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and I think we both know from our experience that it seems like the best work teams are the ones that have this discipline, right, to to do these retrospectives, to look back, to figure out what went wrong, even if it was one time and, and you know, they think it would never happen again. That's right. So um, how about advice for listeners? Uh, it's our, our first time recording with, with video, advice for viewers, advice for anybody enjoying this podcast. What could, what could they take from your experience? What would you recommend that they take and put it into their team? Um, what I'd recommend that you take is to really know yourself. Um, as well as possible, and to have some idea of what your personal likes and dislikes are, and to be sort of very honest about it. So here's a, a simple exercise that I like to do with myself, which is just to look at all of the activities that I'm doing during a day, during a week, and find out which things are giving me energy and which things are subtracting energy. I like to do this by myself because it's sort of a secret almost. Like I don't like interacting with this particular teammate. I don't like having conversations with about contracts. I don't like doing accounts receivable. I don't like doing Tai Chi. And to sort of have a very, very exquisite sense of what I like and what I don't like, the idea of let's take the things that I like and make them my full-time job or work. What might that look like on a, on a work team? Um, so on a work team, I'm a fan of doing this individually. Okay. And then saying to other people, and this requires a high degree of trust, here's what I need from you, or here's what I would benefit. So I could say, you know, Richard, we have this 30-minute meeting every week, and I've discovered that I don't really like that 30-minute meeting. What I love to have from you is an alternative way of doing that meeting. Can we brainstorm different ways? Can we do it on Slack? Can we do it on email? And it's a request. It's not a demand. And it's 
that you can say no to or improve as you like. Yep. All right. Nice. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything, uh, anything you're working on you want to share? Any advice for other teams? And anything at all? So one thing I want to emphasize to everyone on the podcast is that um, Agile is for real. It's been on the cover of Harvard Business Review a couple of times in the last year and a half or so. Um, it is not a fad. It is now becoming a serious part of what essentially every Silicon Valley company that I work with does. And so be confident that Agile is going to be around for a very long time and that you can make a career out of it. All right. Thanks. Uh, and how could listeners get in touch with you? So the easiest way is on LinkedIn. I have a very distinctive name, so it's easy to find me. Also find me via my website, which is hearthealthyscrum.com, all one word. All right. And we'll, and we'll put links to that in the podcast notes. People can find it even more easily. <laughs> well, Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. It was, it was really awesome catching up. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. And uh, dear listeners, remember to support this podcast. Visit my website, kasparowski.com. Thank you.